Welcome to the Eclectic Gamers Podcast. This is Sunday, August 28th. It's episode 16. I'm Tony. And I'm Dennis. And we're joined by a guest host this week, Mr. Jack Danger. How you doing? Hey, I'm awesome. How the hell are you guys? Oh, We're doing pretty good. Say that? <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. That's Excellent. okay. Yeah. Don't, don't worry. Any, anything don't too can. severe, I'll clean up in post. <laughs> but um, yeah. like for you? those that don't know... Oh, sorry. No, go for it, man. Go for it. Oh, sure. I was just going to say, for those that don't know you, Jack, I was just going to mention that uh, you are the host of Dead Flip on Twitch, the Ooh. number one pinball streaming service. And also, you are a co-host of Tilt Through, a podcast dedicated to competitive pinball. Absolutely. Uh, and, and all sorts of like other fun little tidbits of information, but we try to keep it on pinball for sure. Yeah, so what we're going to do is actually, for those that are going through the show notes, at the top of the links section, we have links for both your Twitch feed at Deadflip and uh, the link to Podcast Garden at Tilt Through. So people will be able to go and check you guys out and hear what you have to say, because it's probably far more interesting than what Tony and I are going to do. <laughs> yeah, dude, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Uh, you'll, you'll all be disappointed, I promise. No, I Actually, uh, you're you're my favorite competitive pinball podcast. Aww, so yeah. Same here. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's really cool. And uh, I try and catch your I do try and catch your uh, Twitch stream a lot. You're usually streaming every weekday. Uh it's Monday through Friday sometime. Like well, uh, today's Sunday. We're going to be streaming today. It's generally whenever whenever I'm in the office. Uh but I try to do it Monday through Friday for sure. The the podcast is a little more sporadic. Uh it's it's really hard to get three hosts together at one time to do something. It's a real big pain in the ass. But um yeah, it's uh it's just a it's just a pain, but yeah, you know, it's it's Yeah, well, I mean just arranging this uh and when we the last uh last episode where we we had a guest host. Yeah, just commu- yeah, I see every time you add a person that coordination is like exponentially more and more difficult. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, anyway, we normally start with a sort of an intro where people can talk about just sort of what's been going on so you're free to do that or if you want to talk about your shows or anything uh this is the time to do so before we actually dive into the main meat of our uh, topical discussions oh geez well uh yeah i uh i stream pinball monday through friday sometimes we play digital pinball on my show um lately what we've been doing is someone gifted us a stern stars which is an amazing gift like crazy crazy good um, it's an early Stern pinball machine from about 1978, I think. And I don't have any real experience shopping games out. So what I did is I was like, you know what? We're going to clean this thing up. We're going to do it live. Uh, and we fired up the cameras, tore the thing apart, cleaned it up, put it back together. I did some soldering for the first time ever live on camera, which was terrifying. Uh, I had a <laughs> lot of people telling me I was doing a lot of things wrong. had a lot of people telling me I was doing a lot of things right. Uh, and I, you know, just come to find out everyone has their own way of doing things. And, uh, usually if you don't do it the way the internet says you are going to get screamed at, but it, uh, it worked out pretty well. The game fired up first try and it plays amazing and, uh, couldn't be happier with this new addition to our little arcade we have here in the studio. Awesome. Now stars, that's a, now that is a, it's a solid state game though, if I recall early, early, but it's a solid state game, but here's the kicker. It's a solid state game with chimes, which is mind blowing. Um, and the chimes are hooked to the spinners, which is the most amazing idea anyone has ever oh. had. In pinball. 
Uh, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful game too. And I also have a Stern Stargazer right next to it, which is another game that's just spinner heavy, super amazing. Uh, pretty hard to find actually, but yeah, we have a we have a really nice collection of games here. Oh yeah, I tried Stargazer at the uh, Texas Pinball Festival. It was it was a lot of fun. Oh man, that game just when you when you juice up that spinner and you hit it, it's a uh, it's a uh, an out of body experience. <laughs> yeah, that one. That one's got a lot of those. It's got like those three drop target banks, if I recall as well. Oh, yeah. Really yeah. unique layout. A lot of reliance on the pop bumpers up at the top to be able to score those in. If I'm yeah. if I'm thinking of the right one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just all around the perimeter of the whole game are just touch targets everywhere, and those are the zodiac symbols you got to collect to like raise your bonus up. Uh, we did have a. There was someone in the area a couple months ago who was trying to sell us stars. I remember I he contacted me because he wanted to see about doing a trade. I was trying to get rid of a Xenon at the time, and but unfortunately he wanted the I guess the power transformer from the game in something else he was selling. So it wasn't going to actually come working because he was going to pull out a key component. And I was well, like, he was oh. going di- to dissect it and Frankenstein it and sell you the rest of the. <laughs> Yeah, he he had another game of the same era, and it was worth oh, okay. more working than Stars was. So that, it was like he would, so he's like, well, I want to, you know. I was like, well, to me, it's not a one for one trade at that point. Yeah, because so, it's not a working machine. <laughs> yeah, no, I uh, I've only ever taken one non working machine, uh, and I'm not doing that anymore. I don't think. Rock and roll. The was uh, that your scoreboard. Oh, it yeah, was. Score. I nice. did. I just uh, actually, I was gonna. I finally sold it. So. Yeah, the, the cool thing about uh, the Twitch show that I do is it started off with me just using one of my buddy's pinball machines, um, but it has now grown into people that watch my show send me their games, and they live here, I take care of them, I stream them, and when they want them back or I'm done with them, we just you know send them on their way. Uh, or more recently, people have just been buying machines that are local to my area, sending them here, and they're like, yo, if you could fix this up, yeah, it's yours. Just just play the thing. It's cool. a very amazing, glorified uh, pinball babysitter job, but I, <laughs> I, it's it's a good place to be for sure. Oh yeah, great way, great way to get a get a variety there without having to to buy them all, which yeah. adds up quickly. <laughs> we, also have, so quick. we also have Stern very close, and they are more than happy to drop games off for me to show off on the internet. Yeah, I did. I watched your uh, when you got to do the reveal of the Ghostbusters LE gameplay. I saw that. Oh, yeah. I was able to catch that. I, I tried to catch uh, your dominoes, but I got home too late, I guess, because when I got on, you guys were already done broadcasting. I was uh, it, ever so sad. Yeah, it was, a, it was a short stream. It was about an hour and a half, but that show, that day, got 30,000 eyeballs on it. 30, oh, whoa. Yeah. For an hour's worth of work, I had 30,000 people watch what <laughs> watch me drink <laughs> drink beer and show off a Domino's pizza pinball machine. It was that, that, that sounds like a terrible gig right there. I don't know how you can <laughs> handle that. I mean, that's too... It's awful, man. I, actually, I have to admit, the uh, I, I've always been pretty impressed. You, you do a good job of interacting with the stream while still playing. Because I've seen a lot of people, even just playing games, who will get so far into it that, they, that their stream interaction just completely drops off. Right. And, I, and I've never really noticed that with you. Well, it's it's coming up on two years of practice is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and the end of September will be my second full year of streaming Monday through Friday. So I've had I've had a lot of time to work on that. Get to the point where you can see out of the corner of your eye and yeah. keep things going and still <laughs> actually pay attention. Yeah, my peripheral vision has increased over the years. <laughs> 
Well, we'll try and get you at least another 30 eyeballs uh, oh, with yeah. your participation here. So, Let's do it. <laughs> all right, uh, Tony. So, uh, what's going on with you? Um, I have been really busy at work and getting working around the house. My youngest birthday was yesterday, so we had to get everything cleaned up for all the family and everybody coming over and for her special day. And other than that, I've mainly been, I've been uh, reading. I'm still reading in the Wheel of Time. I'm up to book six. And I'm now cheating because I'm purchasing all the books uh, from Audible. And I already had the books from Amazon. And they've got this service now where they link up so I can be reading the book on my Kindle. Close my Kindle, set it down, fire up the Audible app on my phone. And it picks up at the exact spot I was reading. So I can be sitting at home reading my book, put it down, get in the car to go to work, hit play on Audible. What? And it's That's pick- insane. I know. It's insane. And I'll sit there and, uh, when I'm at work and I'm doing this and that. Or I'm doing stuff. I'll listen to what I'm reading. And then, you know, at lunch or when I'm at home or whatever, I'll read it. And it just picks up instantly. You open it up and it says, uh, last heard section was blah, 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 blah on your Kindle at this time. Do you want to jump there? Yes. Play. There you go. Whoa, it's awesome. That, that is amazing. It sounds like cheating, it and is. I don't approve of this. <laughs> it, it is. It, it is awesome, but it, it's so much. Cause it's fun because I'll just sit here. I'll be reading in the morning or just before going to work, and then I'll just, oh, well, play. And I'll listen to it. It picks right up where I was reading when I head into work. Oh, audiobooks aren't cheating. Kind of, I, only the sync up thing. I, I I am a big I'm a big fan of of audiobooks. I've listened to a lot for my commute. So, but I don't cheat. I don't cheat and then go to the go to the real book and, and be like, hey, why don't you just sync things up for me because I need to be cheating. I'm just saying it's okay. I, I'm not I'm not judging. I, I'm just. I said I was cheating. Calling you a cheater. I yeah, said I was it. cheating. It's it's just it is wonderful. It's amazing. I read about it. And I tried it out, and it's like, oh man, I don't know if I can ever buy just a book without the audio book again because it's so <laughs> nice. Because you know, you get to the you're you're in a really good scene, and it's like, well, crap, I have to drive somewhere, or I have to go do something, right. or and I don't want to stop read. Oh, oh wait, that's fine. I'll go grocery shopping. Kind of hop in the shower, or you know, whatever. You're yeah, it, it's been it's been pretty amazing. I I, I like it. Huh. The only other big thing I've done lately is um, last weekend, me and Dennis took part in a a memorial tournament for one of our local pinballers who passed uh, back in July, and it was a really good turnout. That's awesome. That's really awesome. That's awesome that you had like a memorial tournament too. That's that's a really cool way to like, uh, you know, show your. Oh yeah, he 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 was he was a great guy. He was actually one of my coworkers, uh, and we. I'm the, he, I played pinball and he played pinball like in the eighties. Oh, nice. uh, his, his name, his name was Daniel and he'd played pinball like in the eighties and stuff. And, uh, I was talking about going to these tournaments and he started coming to tournaments and it was, it was great. And this and that, it was a great turnout and it was a wonderful tournament. And he, he's definitely somebody we're all going to miss a lot. He yeah, was a great that's guy. Great. That's great, man. I, I, I like hearing that kind of stuff. That's pretty awesome. I mean that's that's about all I've been do- doing the last two weeks is nothing big and important. Well, at least you learned how to cheat at reading. So I, I mean, <laughs> I learned to cheat at reading. You'll never live it down. I'm, I'm sure the I'm sure the the listeners will will probably they'll probably cheat too, and maybe I will eventually, but I won't admit it. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> well, for me, let's see. I guess first I need to announce a correction from the last episode. Always a fun thing. So Uh-oh. thanks to Eric for contacting me about this. But during last episode's discussion on the Xbox One S, I said a word, souk, which is not a word. What I meant to say was skew for stock keeping unit. And so I just obviously I flipped two of the letters while I was going. I knew I made this mistake by the time I was editing in post, but I thought no one would dare notice it. So I left it alone and I was wrong. So now I get to admit that I was wrong publicly and acknowledge the mistake. So it should have been SKU uh, when we were talking about the different models that are available. They're different SKU units or different SKUs. Um, so, so, so now you've got Souk and Deuce X Machina. Uh, uh, you call it Deuce X No, I said Dew, like Hot Shots part Dew. I, I, I yeah. said it, yes, I said it like, uh, well, a completely differently spelled French word instead of a Latin phrase. So yes, yeah, Deus. Just, just the number two. Yes, that was Don. Don caught me on that one on Deus Ex. So <laughs> I'm still working through my History of Rome podcast and in penance uh, of that. I'm all the way up to the uh, third century where the Roman Empire was starting to initially fall apart. But no one listening probably cares about that. So we will not. Right. We will not go. Fantastic. Into. I don't know that I know much about that at all. So let's see what else. Uh, annou- another announcement for everyone. Uh, podcast audio hosting is now with SoundCloud. Our previous host was discontinuing services. Uh, transition went pretty seamless. So, and it looks like everything's yeah. working to me. So uh, no one probably noticed beyond maybe a couple of hours that day while I was moving all the audio files over. Uh, been fairly busy at work. Went out to Hayes, Kansas this week. There are no pins in Hayes, Kansas. I asked. Apparently they don't exist. Why'd you go? There's no nothing in his <laughs> They made me. I normally get out of okay. I uh, we always every year there's a, a governing board meeting that happens somewhere away from the capital. And it's usually in a rural area and I usually do not have to go. However, I couldn't get out of being on the agenda and so I had to go out there. The whole itinerary was really lackluster. They were talking about uh you know being a, a regional hub and all that. And I'm, the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, how can you be a regional power if you don't have pinball? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. So I just felt that they were lying. It's true. That they were it's just true. lying to me. So anyway, uh, that was pretty. That was pretty uneventful. It gave me an opportunity to start a new book called The Gemini Effect by uh, Chuck Crossart. It's sort of a near future sci fi horror. I won't. Right. Um, I'm sure I could cheat and uh, listen slash read it, um, but I'm not. Uh, I've I've been watching a show that I never saw, but it's been off the air for a few years now called Breaking Bad. So I um, I didn't really watch a lot of that. I know my friends would come together and like watch it every single week and I would just show up to like get drunk with them, but wasn't really too interested in the show. Uh, But I've seen a few episodes. It it looks interesting. I got to go back. I'm just not a fan of like catching up on TV shows. Yeah, it's been so I'm I'm just sort of going straight through on it. It has some approaches to it that I don't care for. I mean, I I, I started watching it because someone asked me about it. And I was like, I don't know anything about it. Let me go ahead and watch it. And it's right. like, <laughs> uh, it's it's good. I wouldn't put it like West Wing good or Game of Thrones good. Yeah, right on. I think the weekend Breaking Bad's weakest episode is stronger than a lot of episodes or a lot of shows' average episodes. So I mean, it's that's it, it's got a really solid writing core. It's it's definitely a good show. That after uh, after Lost, I sort of gave up on TV show love because I just my I I got my heart broke, man. Like this. oh, Lost can do that to you. I I I surrendered. Like season three of Lost, I decided you know what, this isn't worth my time. <laughs> 
I hung out, man. I tried to make that relationship work. It did not pan out. <laughs> yeah, the Lost ending was pretty bad. I would say the Battlestar Galactica was even worse, though. I just felt that, uh, much like Lost, they kind of lost their way. No, well, pun somewhat intended, but it just didn't work out for me, and it was, they were... Oh, fair uh, enough. Yeah. Yeah, I think I only watched the first half of Battlestar Galactica, and it was good when it started off, man. I, that was I, the I, good I, half. That was yeah. definitely the good half of that show. I did. Not I mean, there was that one season where they like blew their entire special effects budget in like the <laughs> second episode, and then the rest of the season was courtroom drama. And I didn't realize I was watching Battlestar Galactica SVU. <laughs> SVU. It's still on the air. They're up to like season nineteen. Yeah, it might not be that high, but it's like eighteen or seventeen. Oh yeah, well, no, I. It, that Law and Order, the first one, was on for freaking ever. Then finally, at the benefit tournament, I qualified for B Division. Ended up taking fifteenth place. Um, it was uh, interesting. I don't first time I ever actually qualified in any of these sort of tournaments. It was an unlimited herb style, but the reason we did it, it was done that way, was because all the money was going to the family. Now, see, that's awesome. That's so that, that's what it does. It does make a lot of money. It does make a lot of money. Yeah. But it's just uh, if it's just like a tournament for players doing some thing, man, that 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 style can go flush itself. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I've never bought every time I've played a uh, herb style tournament. I'll just do, you know, like a playthrough and maybe touch up one or two machines and let it go because I'm not willing to dump it. Where for like this, since it was a memorial tournament, I had a set amount that I took that was fairly large. That's awesome. Like you, you would have donated all that money anyway. So you exactly. might have some fun with it too. Yeah. Well, with our introductions out of the way, let's go ahead and move to the first of our three main topics of the podcast. And that would be pinball. And since we have Jack on, I figured we should actually start with some competitive pinball talk, which is something that Tony and I don't really do much of other than when we give our intros, actually, because we're not any good. We're not a, you know, we're not a master champion player. No one's a master champion player, except for the robots in like top A division. Yeah, yeah. So, so. The, hey, didn't not, you? They're, they're not human, so it doesn't matter. Hey, didn't you qualify for A at uh, Pinburg? I did. I qualified for A finals, and I even survived a round in A finals. Nice. So you are you are a robot. I'm then, part is what robot you're saying. Now. Um, if this was Battlestar Galactica, you might be concerned that I was a Cylon. I am. <laughs> I, I I do think that you may be a toaster. <laughs> So anyway, what I thought would be a, a fun topic in the realm of competitiveness would be to talk about when it comes to competitive pinball, what tournament formats, be it the qualifying format or the finals or any any aspect you want uh, that you enjoy the most and what formats do you think are the worst? Well, I'll, I'll tell you right up front, um, unlimited herb style and single elimination are two things that need to just go away. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless you're anybody... raising money, because the unlimited herb style for raising cash for good causes is an amazing idea. Um, because people do want to dump money into those things. Uh, it's just some people I know. When I go to unlimited herb styles, I just see a lot of people are like, "I can't compete anymore. I just don't have the cash." Um, but you could say, you know, play better, and you won't have <laughs> to dump that cash. But uh, when it comes down to that, you can play really good on your one ticket, and then someone else can come back, play nine tickets, and eventually pass you. Um, it just, I, I, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan. And also, single elimination is just a huge waste of time. People driving out to a place, playing one game, getting kicked out, going home. <laughs> 
Yeah, and, and I feel the same way on both of those. I haven't played in any single elimination tournaments. I don't think I would go to a tournament if I knew it was single elimination unless yeah. it was, like, down the street. Right, right. And Herb sounds fine, so... I, or, I mean, Herb happens, and I, I go to it, but like I said earlier, except for special things like the Memorial Tournament, I just go with... A, I'd literally take enough money to do one full run and then buck up a couple uh, tables, and that's it. That's all I'm willing to do. I just... I don't... Like when, like when, uh, at the memorial tournament, I put in a joke score on Attack from Mars. I mean, like a hundred and fifty thousand on Attack from Mars. Oh, wow. I, yeah, it was like impossibly <laughs> stupid straight drains of everything and hit nothing. It was terrible. And mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there's like that's like I hit one thing and then on I uh, bucked it up and I knocked it up to four point three bill, and that Ooh. score stood as the number two score for like half the night. And then I got knocked down to like number six as people just kept going back and hitting it and hitting it and hitting yep. it again. There's also like with the unlimited herb style, there's uh, what I don't know what the official term for this is, but uh, sniping, if you will. And um, let's say you're there with your friends. You and your buddy are playing. So I'm playing pinball. I do really well. I know I'm going to qualify. My buddy's really close to qualifying. But there's a few scores that are, like, screwing him up on games that people have. So what you do is you go and knock these other people down with some extra money to let your buddy, like, move forward. Uh, It's some sneaky, shady stuff, but it happens. And, uh, yeah, it just... The ability to keep buying in to, like, play games that wouldn't affect your game but will help some other people is a little... It's a little goofy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I've not talked to anybody who's really a fan of Herb Style at all. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Except right, right. for like the people who are the, the the real the solid, amazing tryhards who are always on top of everything and they're the always tickets. at the top and get all oh, the yeah. money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get there one day. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I'm definitely not a fan of Unlimited Herb uh, for qualification. Uh, in terms of what I like, uh, strikeout system, I like that with the Strikeouts four player teams fun. and bottom yeah. two take a strike. I like that because mm-hmm. it emphasizes, I think, more so than head to head, the tactical play where, okay, maybe I'm in first and I think I can hold it, or maybe I know I can't do first place, but I think I could get second if I, you know, if I go for some risky shots. Yeah, man, I completely agree. I, yeah, the strikeout tournament's incredible. The match play event of Pinburg is maybe the best tournament that's ever been created for pinball ever in existence. Ever. I don't know if you gentlemen have been to Pinburg. No, not yet. Uh, you are just you have you have not played you have not played competitive pinball yet. <laughs> nope, we're we're scrubbies. Yeah, it's uh, I, I because when you first start that very first day. The Keith Elwins of the world and the the freaking like four year olds that their parents bought them a ticket are on the same level that very first day. And what you're doing is you're just getting paired up in groups of four randomly. That whole first day you're battling to put yourself in a division. The next day you battle through that division to try to get to the finals. And that tournament more than anything tells you how good of a pinball player you are. Like it gives you an actual analytic number. Here is where you belong always and forever. Like you played, you wound up in the middle of B. 
you know you're supposed to be in the middle of the beat because you started off equal with everyone, and that's where you you sort of whittled your way into. Oh, yeah, I can see that sounds like that could be a lot of fun. And the fact that you can get paired up with people, and it doesn't matter that, oh, I got I got paired up with, you know, Keith L won, and, yeah, he won, but I still, you know, I got third, and I got enough points, and I can get see where I'm going and yep. that type like, of stuff. Yeah, it's really amazing, man. Like, because you will, yeah, battle, like, the monsters of the midway while you're climbing that hill, but if you lose to them, it doesn't matter. Like, it... Every point does matter, but that one fight really doesn't like change your outcome as long as you can play well in your your other bouts. Because if you get really demolished in that one matchup, you move on to people that also got destroyed. So you now have a chance to battle those people that you might be a little better than, and then you move back up and you just sort of bounce around that area that you know you should be in. I like the sound of that. Heck yeah, man! It's a lot of fun. I know, I know, I know. Pinburg's on my short list of places. We went to Texas this year. Uh, we saw you there. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, uh, I could, yeah. I was uh, running around like a madman, streaming everything, yeah. and then I did the finals and also qualified for the finals at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> now, I think was, I was I was on a machine next to you a couple times during qualification, but of course I couldn't. I didn't want to distract you while you were on Star Trek. I just like swearing and screaming, and <laughs> you were pretty mellow, if I recall. Yeah, I'm a pretty mellow player for sure. I, I I've been working hard at between this podcast and one of our big tournament venues is in a pizza place, and uh, I'm I'm a blue collar worker, and I've got blue collar worker language. <laughs> <laughs> so right. I, I work very hard to hold back from it, but still, every once in a while, you get the where you just turn around and you're just ah, you know, it comes out, especially yeah. when you get a really cruddy like outlane drain that shouldn't have happened type stuff. You got to do what the uh, what the sharps do if they're not really uh, feeling the urge to like swear in front of a bunch of kids or an audience. They'll just go to the machine that's next to them that's hopefully vacant. And just shake the crap out of that pinball machine. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's amazing because you see them play and they'll just jump over to the machine next to them and just tilt the crap out of the machine next to it uh, just to get that like anger out so you can walk away feeling sort of redeemed that you got to hit a game even though it wasn't the machine that screwed you. That's, that's, that's not a terrible I don't know. idea. That sounds, that sounds violent. I don't know. <laughs> it, seems, it seems awfully violent for me. It's Occasionally you need to embrace the inner rage. I know there's times where I turn explode, away from a machine man. and it's just like, Gah! Yeah. Super, <laughs> super Saiyan walking away. <laughs> no, I, I typically try and do just really dumb sayings. Like sometimes I'll, I'll have an outlane drain and I'll just go, oh dear. Oh my. <laughs> Looks yeah. Like now, I, now one time I did for a while. I started swearing in French, and I don't really know French, so maybe those aren't really swears. <laughs> I I don't know. Yeah, it's like, but I'm thinking no one knows what I'm saying. Why do you think I keep yelling soup in French? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Ah, bagel. <laughs> uh, another format that I, I thought I'd throw out that I've only played in once competitively, but I really enjoyed it was uh, pin golf. Ooh, yeah, pin golf's a lot of fun because uh, it, it, it's like a. Depending on what they've picked for goals on the machine, you know, you're not really playing to beat other people. You're more playing to beat the objective. Right, right. It's like you're, you're playing the machine, with a, but in mind also trying to be aware of, you know, just how, how well other people are beating the machine or not beating the machine, depending. Right, be, because it's not like, say, for instance, uh, you're on World Cup Soccer and the, the hole is to get, like, three goals 
right? It's uh, it's just how how many balls does it take to get those three goals? And hopefully you could do it on one ball. I would imagine you could do it on one ball for everybody. But um, yeah, it, it, like no one's going to get a better three goals than you on that game, you know. So it, it's you're playing the machine, not the people standing next to you. Now, if it's a, a score based thing. You want to hope that you can get it in like the amount of balls that, uh, well, the least amount of balls because it is like a each ball is a stroke, um, and you're trying to get your birdies and your eagles and all that fun goofy stuff. I don't understand golf at all. I'm just saying words I heard before. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a uh, I I went and I've played golf once and I lost the feeling in my thumb for half a year, so I never went back. <laughs> yeah. Fair. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the time I did it, we we did a whole, I guess, round uh, under score-based, and we did a round under objective-based play. Nice. I like the objectives, I think, more when it comes to pin golf. Uh, it, it just it changes the way you play pinball. Yeah, it was really that one was interesting because everyone knows how to score points, but when it got to the yeah. objectives, we'd you know we'd have to get in a group and people would be explaining to you the ways you could achieve the objective. And even in our little sets, people would high five each other if they actually did a hole in one. And <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. And it was just it was there's a lot of camaraderie to it versus what I normally see like in the strikeout format where you're just like oh come on you need to get third you need third I need second. <laughs> Because in pin golf, it's it's not like an immediate competition with the people you're grouped up with, necessarily. You know, uh, it, like when you're playing someone for score and you're standing back and you have thirty million and you're watching some dude climb from like twenty two, twenty six, twenty eight, thirty one. The entire time you're sitting there and you you everyone can say they don't, but you know you're sitting there going, oh, just drain, just drain your freaking ball. Just trying. And, you know, that's not like super positivity, but when the only goal is to, you know, start that multi ball and that's the objective, when you do it, everyone's cheering because it doesn't freaking matter. You did it. High five. Let's all hug and, you know, smack each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I've never played in a pen golf, but it sounds awesome. Dude, it it's sounds so like cool. it's a great little, uh, very social uh, tournament format. It's so unique. It's out of control. Yeah, they they really found out how to keep something competitive really, really friendly. Hmm. Okay, so it sounds like we're all in agreement. Uh, Herb sucks. Uh, <laughs> Papa's awesome. Pin golf yeah. is fun, and so are strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. And I've got one more tournament that was. I, it was a special tournament that we played at at Penapalooza, and it was a survival tournament. Oh yes. And it was 36 players. I, I had to call it up to make sure there were 36 of us playing in it. And what it literally was is they just chose machines, and the lowest scoring person on that machine was dropped. And then you, everybody, and it, it took forever. I mean, it was very time consuming, and it required a huge number of machines. Luckily, we had like 80 machines to work with. Right. And, and and as you worked through, everybody just played on the machine. Like the first machine was uh, 1 million BC. And then all you had to do was get a higher score than the lowest person. So once you crossed the lowest person, you could just drain and go to the next machine, which was I don't remember now. Now uh, was it was it the lowest? So this sounds very similar to uh, another tournament uh, I was going to bring up. Is it like two people battle? The person that loses has to stay in that machine. The person that wins gets to move on. No, it okay. was literally you just play a one player game. There's you just play a one player game. 
and you rack up the biggest score you can, and there's a list sitting on sitting right there that shows all the scores. Yeah. And there's normally you highlight the lowest score is highlighted, and the second you cross the lowest score, you're done. You, your score gets put down, and you just drain off. You're done. Oh. Wow. And the next person comes up, and whoever whoever has the lowest score after that run gets eliminated, and then everybody just keeps moving from machine to machine, machine. Like if you if you've got a really if you've got the lowest score you'll just wait and hope somebody gets a lower score than you. I mean that happened to me on Roadshow. I had a really low score on Roadshow early on. It was like game three and I thought I was done. And like an hour and a half later, somebody came up and said, "Hey, so, so you uh, you need to play your game on Roadshow so you can move on because somebody scored lower than me and I hadn't noticed it because it was a, we were running two tournaments at the same time. Oh. Is how that was running. <laughs> that, so that, that typically doesn't work out well." <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it was it wasn't bad. Well, it's a it's a it's a very the the specific tournament we were at. It was a very uh, social, lighthearted kind of thing. So right it wasn't. On. But the survival tournament ran to like two in the morning. I got eliminated around Rough. midnight. There's <laughs> so a, there's one other tournament that I'd like to bring up that I want to encourage everyone to try because it's the most fun you'll ever have playing pinball. It's sort of like pin golf. What you do is you go to each machine that you have lined up. Let's say you have ten games. Pick up an pick an objective or a, a, a score based goal that is moderate to low. All right, Get, and make sure all that information is displayed on each game. Then one person at a time, you stand a person next to a bell. They hit the bell. We start a timer. You run. You have to complete every objective and then come back and hit that bell, and we stop the timer. And you have to try to beat everyone's time. So, however you think you can get that one score on this. Uh, if you think you have enough points and bonus to move on to the next game, do it. Um, you know, if you don't hit the objective in time, you're wasting time by, like, having to start a new game. Uh, it's called Gauntlet Style, and it is the most fun. Uh, there is a chance for people to hurt themselves by, like, tripping and falling, but it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Okay, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never even heard of that before, let alone played in it. But that sounds amazing. Yeah, it's like other than single other than the whole running almost. thing. I'm yeah. kind of uh, I don't run well. <laughs> right. But. Yeah, well, this you sounds to, like you, a, don't to, you don't have to make it like running, running. But you could put like a bell at the beginning and a bell at the end, and then like when you hit it, you, that that's when you say time. And people have to try to get through all those games as fast, if not faster, than you. I think they should run. I think it would be fun. We could see some trampoline. There could be chaos. I mean, it would be, it'd be basically like there was a, a big, you know, attack on the city, and everyone's like, "What's going on?" Yeah, it's like yeah. it's like double dare, but with pinball. yeah, yeah. You got to run across the. Make sure the machines are on opposite sides of the room. Put a rope wall between them. <laughs> some barbed wire. You got to climb under. I think we got this. Awesome! Awesome! Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we went through all the competitive formats we wanted to. So let's go to the next pinball topic, which is there is a new remake happening. This was uh, announced uh, earlier in the well, I guess last week now that we're on Sunday, but that uh, PPS would be making a remake of Cactus Canyon. Um, that is awesome. Now, is it is it uh, my my buddy EP the geek uh, up in Wisconsin was the guy that did the code for Cactus Canyon Continued? Is it going to be Cactus Canyon Continued, or is it like the original Cactus Canyon that is unfinished? I all right. I don't. I it's not going to be unfinished, but I don't know. Is is the oh, right is the cool. short answer? So from what I re- from what I read is I was wondering. I'm curious if it will have Cactus Canyon continued software, which I have not played. I've heard very good things about it, 
Um, oh, so good. They, they, PPS has indicated that it will have extended code. So it's not going to be the original Ooh. incomplete code, but they didn't say they would be using the CCC code. Rock and roll. I'm, I'm, I'm over the moon about this. I think this is awesome. Uh, cause I, I can't find that game anyway. I played a lot of it at, uh, Texas. There, they had one or two of them set up there that I played several times. It's a lot of fun. I didn't expect when I was when I when I think about remakes, Cactus Canyon wasn't exactly the first game in my head for a remake coming out. Right. I would think you know something maybe with a bit higher popularity, but it's not a bad game. I enjoy it. So well, I, is is Cactus Canyon's uh, popularity low? You think because they didn't produce so many of those games? Because I I know like. It being a low number uh, run of machines, I'd never seen that game before until I went to the Papa facility. That could very well be it because it is a fun. It, it is a fun game. It's got a fun theme, and I. I mean, so I said I. The only times I've played it is on uh, Pinball Arcade. Yeah, and when I played it in Texas, and I enjoyed it both uh, times I've played it. Yeah, the one they had at Texas was. So pretty, <laughs> yeah. It was it was in perfect condition, man. That was a gorgeous game. Yeah, i I think the I think you're right, Jack, about the low unit count because I th- I believe they only made 903. So a lot of people yeah, never that's, that's experienced it. I, I mean, even I didn't wait in line and play it at Texas, so I still haven't uh, played an actual physical Cactus Canyon. I've only ever experienced it virtually. Oh, a TPA, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of fun. It was actually in one of my banks at Pinburg, and thankfully I didn't have to go first, and I got to watch someone play it because I do not know the rules on that game. <laughs> but uh, but like with Tony, I do, I do agree. I would have, uh, other than the rarity, which I think is what the why it was selected, I would have thought from a popularity standpoint, Monster Bash or Attack from Mars would have been more logical oh, yeah. picks. I think that was like speculation for a very long time that it was going to be Attack from Mars or Monster Bash. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't, I'm sure those are on their radar for sure. <laughs> they, they have to be. I would love for an Attack from Mars to be somewhere in a price range that I might be able to get someday. I mean, yeah. that's like my favorite game or darn near my favorite game. I could see Monster Bash maybe being a humongous licensing issue, uh, but. Attack from Mars, man. There's, you know, there, there isn't like iconic, like Universal Pictures monsters all over the thing. That's true, I, and I, I hadn't thought about the licensing issue, but uh, for anybody other than like like Stern's reissue of, I mean, they did Iron Man, and then they did the complete recover of Spider Man. Yep. And what's the rumor now is that they're going to do Batman as Batman 66. Is that that's the rumor out there now that uh, I mean, I could only assume I don't know why Adam West would be coming to that stern. Uh, yeah, that was my thought party, uh, to hang out, which I will be emceeing, by the way, folks, if you're going, I'll see you there. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying nothing, Muggsy. I'm not saying nothing. You can't make me talk. Uh, no one leaks anything on this show. It's so sad. I don't know why anyone <laughs> listens. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> okay. It's a slow so overall, build. everyone sounds pretty pleased with the choice. So, good. Cool. Oh, I, I love the idea. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. 
I like I just like the whole remastering of game, remastering remaking of games period because like Medieval Madness is a wonderful game as much as I hated it when I first started playing it until I got to know it. But I mean, all these games that are they're older and they're hard to get and their prices are shooting up, but you'd still like to have them. And I know some people are very much well. I don't want a remake in my collection, but I mean, I'm one of those people that'd be like, ah, I don't care. Is it a remake? That's fine. It's still the game. Yeah, That's all that matters to me. You're still getting a medieval madness. Why? <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so. Well, for our final pinball topic, we wanted to cover Watch Mojo's uh, Top 10 Pinball Machines, which recently came out on YouTube, and we'll have a link to that in the show notes. Uh, just a quick summary the top 10 list was number 10 was Pinbot, number 9 was Ripley's Believe It or Not, number 8 was The Adams Family, number 7 was Funhouse, number 6 was Revenge from Mars. Number five, The Black Knight. Number four, Tales of the Arabian Nights. Number three, Theater of Magic. Number two, Black Hole. And number one, Medieval Madness. So, I guess let's get going. What does everyone think of this list? Uh, I don't. I don't like this list. And in fact, the the honorable mentions that they had at the end of the video were just like, why the hell were these not in the list? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like. Twilight Zone, Williams, Indiana Jones. You're like, what the... Why are these... You're, oh, whatever. Ugh, it's infuriating. Yeah, Twilight Zone, for me, honestly, Twilight Zone would be up there with, like, number two, number one. Like, I, that game has everything you could need in a pinball machine. It has everything. Yeah, it's a it's an amazing game. Yeah. But I, th- I think that could pretty much be said for almost everything in this list is, well, that's fine, but why is this... <laughs> over that, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. why would Revenge from Mars be over like Attack from Mars? Oh, I'll tell why you, is yeah. Black Knight over Black Knight Two Thousand? I mean, fun. Okay, I'll say I'll say some a little blasphemy here in pinball. I think Adam's Family is a very overrated pinball machine. That's um, not blasphemy on this podcast. It is. It is overrated. <laughs> it's a two shot pinball machine. It's you if you ripped the theme off of there. And showed that to people, people would be like, oh, this game's all about shooting the chair and then the ramp over and over again. Yeah, I'm not sold. But because it's Adam's family and stuff, you know, it, it, it's fun, it's quirky, it's got, you know, the, the flippers snap for you and stuff. Thing comes out and takes the ball. Um, but on, on, a, on a competitive, like just playing it for points level, it is, it is a snooze machine, man. I don't know. Yeah, I think Adam's family is one of those perfect. Um, games where the theme matches up and it's the theme that really makes that game yeah because of how it plays and the way they did it and i mean i mean nobody thinks about those movies anymore i doubt a lot of people a lot of younger people have even seen those movies let alone the original tv show (laughs) yeah but the uh the pinball machine is everywhere and it's still it's their highest grossing i think it's the most sold pinball machine or the uh yeah, something along those lines. It's like the bestseller of all time. Yeah, yeah. That's why everyone says that's their favorite machine because that game was everywhere. So when you have a memory of playing a pinball machine when you're a kid, exactly. It's like that was my favorite. What else have you played? Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so it's gonna be Adam's family. I was surprised at the two J-pop games in the list, and uh, listeners of the show know that I'm not a fan of Theater of Magic, but I was really surprised it was in here and was put uh, rank ahead of uh, Tales of the Arabian Nights. There's actually three, because they put Circle Terror in the honorable mentions, too. 
And of the 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 Pinbot trilogy, I think Pinbot might be my least favorite. Of, I think it's the weakest of the three. Yeah. I love the all. I like all three games, but Pinbot's the weakest of the three. Jackpot, uh, Jackpot is my jam, and Bride of Pinbot is good. But with that 2.0 kit installed in it, that game is a masterpiece. I saw one in Texas that had that installed, oh and it God. was beautiful. My only issue with Bride is the unbalanced scoring. If you don't have the 2.0 install, so of the base games, I think it's the weakest of the three. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Ripley's only gets a pass for me because I am a sucker for very targets, and uh, that one has a very prominent very target on it. I've never played one. I've ne- I- I- I've never even uh, seen one. It's um, it's on the pinball arcade for sure. Is it? I, I've only. Yeah, it's I'll have to go through. I probably it's probably one of the many many games on pinball arcade that as I'm scrolling, I'm like, no, 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 no. Ooh, Whitewater. <laughs> there you go. Oh man, it it has everything. Yeah, it has everything. It's got very targets, spinners, magnets, ramps, uh, just like anything you could think of pinball related. They threw it on that game. Uh, Twilight Zone's a great game. I, I played one. I've played one it, once in person. I've actually played one, and like the very first time I played it, it was just basically me going, "I don't, I don't even know where to look. I don't know what I'm doing, but this table looks awesome." Yeah. And then you play it a second time, and you play it a third time, and you're suddenly like, "Wow, I've played this game like six times in a row. I should probably let somebody else play." The third machine we ever got uh, for our studio collection was a Twilight Zone, and we had that thing for about five years before we gave it back to its owner, and uh, just absolutely love, love, love that game. So we all agree, Watch Mojo's list sucks. Okay, well, we've covered everything we plan to talk about in pinball, so now Jack actually gets to enjoy the other aspects of this show, which are not about pinball, but about other types of gaming. And so our second segment is always our video game segment, or almost always, and today it's only and entirely all about Overwatch. That's right. A game that I have watched, but I have not played myself, so you, Jack... I, I, it's, I've added it to the wish list. I got a birthday coming up. I'm, I've added it. I got it there listed. I'll be like, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll partake of the Overwatch. But no, but, not but yet. You, not you yet. said yourself that you are a console gamer more than a PC gamer, correct? That is correct. Now, I am so hopelessly addicted to this game that, uh, I have it on PC at work, but I don't have a PC at home. I have all Macs there, and this game does not run on a Mac, so I bought it for the PS4. So I had some way of playing Overwatch even when I'm at home. Uh, <laughs> I can understand that. So, yeah. so you, you and Tony would be of agreement that Overwatch is a it's a moderately decent game. It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. Okay, well, let's go ahead and actually do what we would call a deep dive on the topic. And I'd say uh, for the listeners, let's go ahead and start with your favorite things about the game in general. Ooh. Uh, Well, I'll I'll start us off. I'm I'm a big fan of FPSs. Um, I played a lot of like Battlefield and Call of Duty and stuff just tinkering around. And I've always wanted one of these games where it's just, um, it feels sort of like... God, I don't know how to explain it. I like that every character is different because when you play other FPSs, everyone is human guy with machine gun shooting at other person. But because of the uh, the complexities and the diversities of all the characters in this game, it really changes the way you have to think about how you're going to attack somebody. 
Uh, for instance, there's characters that have turrets, so you'll see the dude running around, and your instinct is to run after him and shoot him, but he's probably baiting you over there so that his turret can shoot you. Or, you, you know, it, it, and it's got... This game has healers in a first-person shooter, which is very unique. So you could just be trying to kill somebody while you have this Anna character who's a sniper, but she only snipes healing, which is crazy. Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, I can go on tangents all day on this game. Oh, yeah, no, easily with this game. Yeah. Now, and Tony, the, what, are, what are your favorite parts? I played a lot of Team Fortress 2. Oh, there you go, man. And... I loved Team Fortress 2. And then this game took everything, like, like Blizzard tends to do with a lot of games, is they took everything about Team Fortress 2 and the games kind of like it and just made it better. Yeah. Because that's what Blizzard does, is they take things that other people have done and perfect it. Yes, they do. And it's, I mean, the way the heroes interact, the way the heroes have different personalities. And even though for some reason, I mean, it's not in the game at all, but the lore and background of all the heroes and characters and everything is awesome. They make these, there's, there are animated shorts they make. Oh, they're so good. The the Bastion one. The Bastion one, like, like. It brought a tear to your eye watching the Bastion one. What, what, what's great is right when that Bastion video came out, essentially Bastion is this uh, robot. He's like a sentient robot that could turn into a giant machine gun, okay, and just plows people down. Um, Bastion is the last of these robots that were built. They were like war machines that were told to go just kill things. Uh, this video was Bastion is like woken up by this bird. And he comes alive and he starts having like these uh, commands going off, like go to this city and kill people. But like this bird keeps distracting him and he's like having a good time. Anyway, regardless, when this video came out, you're like, oh, it's so sad. I love this robot. The second I logged in to play Overwatch, someone played Bastion and everyone in chat is like, no one's allowed to shoot Bastion. If he wants to, <laughs> if he wants to kill you, if he wants to kill you, let him do it. Like he's the last of his kind. We're all, we love this guy. Just let him do his thing. <laughs> it was like, uh, you just run in, shoot everybody, see Bastion, get killed. And, uh, oh, it was just, it's heart wrenching. Yeah. Well, Blizzard's done, uh, always done good animation stuff. And all the Overwatch animations are a lot of fun. But the Bastion one was just, it was the most heart wrenching piece of animation, of yeah, short of an- animation I've seen in forever. It's beautiful. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. I mean, my, my wife's not a gamer and she watched that video and, <laughs> and enjoyed it. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. Yeah. The, uh, so, so the game's essentially what I, what I also like about this is the game is, it's not just like, here's all the characters to go kill each other. It's broken into categories. So you got like your attack class, your, your defense class, your healing class, your sort of like overarching support class and tanks. Yeah, exactly. So, um, a good composition of a team will be like one tank, uh, maybe three DPS, a healer and like a support character or however you want to set it up. And, uh, there's all these maps, depending on if you're attacking, if you're defending, you want to change up your comp, change up who you're playing. I'm, I'm very, I'm very into the idea of like taking a character that people think is the worst and trying to excel and destroy people with it because it just is the most embarrassing in the world when the character you know is the worst takes you out in a game. Uh, so I, which character do you think is the worst? I love that Salt Moon. So I used to think Zarya was garbage. 
Like, I, I didn't understand her. I didn't know how to play her. I thought she was trash. Through some changes, they made her really good. Yeah, she's amazing but now. I will, no one ever plays Symmetra. I never see anyone play Symmetra, ever. You know, I play, uh, Symmetra's one of my lowest time played. I played her yesterday and had, like, I got, like, play of the game and did some amazing stuff it's, with her, and I don't know where it came from. No one, no one's playing her. And so I immediately latched onto her. Uh, she's a character that, she's a support class, sort of a healer. But she doesn't heal. What she does is puts a very small shield on all of her teammates, which does almost nothing. Um, but her thing is she has six little robot turrets that shoot laser beams at people if you come close. So you're sort of like setting traps. And uh, what, what that does is it creates like a very uh, situational, like, you don't run it, run in and just start blasting people. You have to, like, bait people into rooms and stuff like that. And I just... Man, I don't know. If I'm attacking, defending, I don't care what I'm doing. That character is who I'm playing. I don't care if my team is screaming at me. They'll understand once I get play of the game with that character. Yes, yeah, Symmetra is one of those characters that if I see her run out of a tiny little room, you don't go in. <laughs> I've got explosive. I do not go in that room. Nope, you do not that go room in is, there. Nope, it's off. She's she's amazing at defending. If you're on a defense map where you can like turtle up and just uh, put those little turrets everywhere, man, it just. Not only are they hurting people, but they also send off a beacon to let you know where someone's coming from because it creates a little icon of all your turrets in the world that sort of sit on a HUD and they'll start blinking if they're attacking something. So you'll know, like, if you're in voice chat, be like, all right, coming from the left side in that room, there's at least one person that's getting attacked by something. So run in there and just start spraying. Yeah. And her attack is really good because it, like, it, like, it'll penetrate Reinhardt's shield. Oh, yeah. It just locks on. Stuff. Oh, it's, just, it's, it's just a lock on continuous beam attack. Yeah. That the problem is, is it's super short range. Yeah. But it hits. But she's also got, you can charge it up and the shot will get more powerful and it, it'll shoot it. It's a very slow moving shot that just kind of tracks across. But if yep. it hits anybody, it does massive damage and it penetrates straight through everybody's shields. It ignores shields. She's also got that beam that. That she just holds down and it like grabs somebody and she could just lock it onto them, run around them in a circle, and it eventually just kills them. Yeah, that that's my preferred way of taking out tracers because oh, yeah. freaking tracers can't, she can't zip around you. She's like lassoed essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zenyatta was another character that I thought was pretty weak, but through some changes recently uh, has turned into a very serious competitor. Uh, if you put that Discord thing on you and headshots you, it's like two shots and you're dead. Oh yeah, it's it's. I've died to a lot of Zenyatta, and that's a since. healer that is killing. <laughs> yeah, it's a. I've got. I've been building some time up on Zenyatta more. My my primary play has been uh, Junkrat's my my boy. Oh, uh, dude, he's just like just spraying grenades everywhere. I know. I still love the heck out of Junkrat. I get so many plays of the game with Junkrat, and he's so much fun to just bounce off a wall. It, 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 it's like the like some of the old days where it's like, oh, I know there's somebody in this room. I'm going to stand beside the wall and bounce them off the wall yeah. so it bounces into the corner. Oh, so good. I love that stuff. But then, like, in the exact opposite, like, my number two most hours played is Lucio. Because oh, Lucio is healer. just amazing. Yeah, he's OP. He yeah. he's like the most OP guy who doesn't come off as OP because it's like, oh no, I, I I didn't get the most kills and no, I I didn't cause the most he, damage. He's a healer that doesn't need to focus on healing because just playing the character is healing people. Yeah, he's just a giant AOE heal of perfection, just and he's so fast. Yeah, he and he he can wall ride. He has a. Most of the kills I've seen from him is him like baiting people to an edge and doing this like 
short range blast that just shoots people backwards. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really do a lot of damage, but it, if it knocks you off the map, you are just toast. And it doesn't matter who you are. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love Lucio. And on escort maps, he's so perfect because you literally just skate around and jump all yeah. over the thing. And, and and it just keeps going. It's not uncommon to go, oh, yeah, yeah, I had a... I had one death and I did like 7,000 healing and I had three minutes and 45 seconds of objective time because I just stood on the payload. <laughs> so I, would you both, would you both say that, or are you both in agreement that Lucio is the most overpowered character currently? Oh man. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's, his healing is strong. It's yeah, AOE healing. It's pretty ridiculous. He's, it's just hard to call him OP because he doesn't get on on the kills, but he supports the team so yeah. perfectly. There, He's they, like a perfect support character. If I had to say OP characters, it's between Hanzo, McCree, and Genji. Um, yeah, I have zero minutes of Genji time. I won't play him. Here's the deal. Genji is he's a hard character to play, but when you get a decent grasp on how to play Genji, you just destroy everybody. The dude can reflect alts back at people. You know, he can, uh, it's, it's the most, like, he can climb up walls. He could, uh, like, dash through people. Double uh, jump. Yeah. If people shoot at him, he reflects the bullets back at him. It's, it's ridiculous. He's Tony, high- why won't you play him? He sounds awesome. Why won't you yeah. play him? That's why. He's just, what's too wrong much? with you? He's just something about him just annoys the crud out of me. Yeah, I played. A, yes, I was playing last night, and the guy on one of the there was a Genji on the opposing team, and he took he took um, like four gold medals. He had most kills, most damage, and or most objective kills. I think is what it was on his uh, is I'm sure what it was, but because it's not like he can heal. But geez, he was every time I turned around. I think I died to him more than anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. every he got he had play of the game he had he, he team killed our entire team with his ultimate as we were all running up on we we were playing dorado and we were uh on attack and we we were all on the uh payload and you hear his little freaking yep. sounder and everyone starts looking around and it's too late he's falling down from above on top of us and half of us are dead before we know what's going on so his ultimate is very short range like he's got to be really close but when he swings you're dead like that. That's just that's the that's the end of you. You're just done. I think um, like Ro- Roadheart, uh, Reinhardt, and Roadhog might survive a single hit from him, yeah. maybe. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, everybody else is dead. Roadhog's a pretty uh, messed up character because he has this hook move that grabs you and pulls you to him, and then so what people do is they'll hook somebody. This you could be a full life. He'll hook you, pull you in, shoots you once in the head. You're done. It's it's two button clicks. You just kill the character. Yeah, Scorpion wins. I see. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And all you have to do is you literally you throw the hook out and you hold down the fire button because you can't fire until the animation's done, and you just make sure you're aimed at their head. And yeah. he's got a shotgun, so it just has to be kind of on the head. And <laughs> anybody other than a tank is done. Yeah, it, it's so great when you see somebody healing and you pull them over. Now I did see a video the other day. A diva had launched her suicide bomb into the middle of the group. Oh yeah, and the ro- and, and the team's roadhog jumped off or down into the well because it was the map with the well in the middle. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the area. And as he jumped in the well, he threw the hook, grabbed the exploding mech, and pulled it down with him. Are so none of his team died. Holy I was crap. like, oh my god, that's amazing. 
How do people think of that stuff, man? I don't know. I've never thought of hooking and trying to pull one out of the way. I did a, I played Roadhog some last night and I unsuccessfully did it, but I, what I, I hooked one and I tried to pull it into a side room and I, it exploded before it got to the side room, but. It's like, wow, that's an amazing idea because Diva's like just, she was terrible when the game launched and they buffed her and now she's everywhere and awesome. Yeah, absolutely. But she's that, that suicide bomb attack that can just wipe out an entire team. And it's like, well, you have to run and get something between you and the explosion. And you can't just run away from the explosion because if you run away from the explosion, you can't get far enough. Yep, that's true. It, it, yeah, you have to be around a corner or something. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, even if you depend upon where it is, you can even like be on the side of the payload and be okay. Oh, man. But the, uh, uh, on, a, on an escort map that I was playing two nights ago, uh, we had a comp where we had a Reinhardt sitting on the front of the car. We had a we had a Bastion sitting on top of the car. We had, <laughs> we had a Torbjorn with his uh, his turret on the car. We had my Symmetra with her turrets all on the car. And we think I think we had like a Winston or maybe a Zenyatta. And Reinhardt just stood in front of the payload with his shield on, so nothing could get killed. And this was just like this monstrosity death machine that was just killing anything that decided to pop its head out. And it, I, I was laughing my my butt off the entire time because no one could even come and like say hi. You didn't even see people's faces; they were just like melted instantly. Because <laughs> this, this this Reinhardt character, he's a he's a tank. He has this giant sort of like ethereal shield that pops up in front of him, and nothing can penetrate that. But you could shoot through it if you're your own teammate, uh, and you just melt everything. Yeah, it, it that shield takes like two thousand damage. Yeah. So the only thing I've seen is I saw a rig like that set up once where they were coming along, and we had three bastions. Oh, there you go. Just and his melt. shield lasted a quarter of a second. <laughs> yeah, just melt it. Yeah, because what what's great about this game also is if you see something like that, let's say you're you're running around and you're a reaper and you're like, okay, here comes this death trap. You can run back to your spawn area, change your character, which is unique as heck come back out and you're like, okay, now I'm this character situationally just so like I'm fair now. So I can just like launch some rockets at you to start knocking stuff off. Then go back, change into something else, then start running around doing your thing. Maybe your tracer drop into a, you know, a mercy to heal someone for a little bit, then go back, come back and it's awesome. And that's one of the, that's probably one of my biggest annoyances about the game is you get a lot of people who like, it's like, okay, this is not working. We are getting our butts kicked. We have to change our layout. And there's people like, no, man, I main this character. So like, I'm, I'm Hanzo all day. Yeah, well, guess what? You haven't done anything, buddy. It's not working, <laughs> so you need to be somebody else. Now, I had a game last night that was uh, – we won. Uh, it was Hollywood. We were defending. But it was the most annoying match I've ever had. The opposing team had one Mercy and five Maze. Oh my god! So it's just ice walls everywhere. <laughs> ice walls everywhere. I, uh, I mean, we we were fighting and we were changing characters, and I mean, we we won. We kept them from going. They were going slow, but it was just the most annoying match because it's like, oh, I'm frozen. Oh, there's ice walls. Oh, oh I'm frozen. Oh, I'm frozen and on an ice wall. Does and does, it's just does May's ice wall stop a payload from moving? Uh, the payload will go through the ice. Okay, I was going to say that, that'd be a pretty OP thing to just have like all maze to stop a payload from going anywhere. Yeah, no, the the, the payload will just plow straight through it. It won't Good. even slow down. <laughs> but 
but they were uh they were throwing up i mean every time somebody ulted they throw up i was a uh, i was playing soldier 76 yeah and i i flanked around to jump behind and i jumped behind them ulted uh, and opened fire and i took out their mercy and three of them turned and they threw ice walls all the way across so the rest oh, of my ult was gone it was wasted cuz i couldn't get through the walls and i couldn't get around them yeah and your ult is essentially like you shoot but you don't miss but you do need to actually yeah shoot <laughs> right yeah, i have to i still have to actually hit them because because soldier 76's ult is basically an aimbot that lasts for a few seconds okay and it's just like oh okay well that just i just wasted my whole ult yeah so it, it was just one of the most frustrating matches. And like I said, we won. They didn't even make it halfway. They didn't even make it halfway. But we and we won. But it was like when it ended, it's just like I never want to do that again. Yeah. That was horrible. I was like frozen half the time. <laughs> so as things currently stand, as of the the latest version of the game that you all are playing, what is the worst character? What's the most the one that needs balancing still? I would say the one that you just won't play, Be, huh. not because of uh, Genji bias, but rather because of uh, just it doesn't you don't think it, it's effective. That's a good question. I think I think everyone has had uh, some decent tweaks done to them. I know Symmetra has never been touched. In fact, on the on the council side, they actually made her turrets weaker because people weren't uh, quick enough to respond to like turn around and shoot stuff with a controller. She definitely needs some love because her her ultimate is creating a teleporter that allows people when they spawn to show up uh, wherever you drop this teleport. But it's uh, you know it, it, it's a good asset. It. It definitely needs something else, but her, her like her shield that she puts on people is—it's like a throwaway. It's garbage. It does. Yeah, nothing. it stops like one round. It does absolutely nothing. Yeah, if you <clears throat> one bullet hitting you, you're gonna lose that shield and part of your life. It does almost nothing. Uh, other than her, I'd say I don't know. I haven't seen a lot done with Farah. Farah's pretty solidly balanced. Yeah. I think. I, I mean, think she's they, not. She's she came not out OP. of the gate. Yeah, she came out of the gate pretty balanced. Yeah, she's not OP and she's not exceptionally weak. I know uh I know their first big big swing of the nerf bat was McCree who needed it because oh, when yeah. the game launched McCree was stupid OP. Yeah. He's uh, he's the uh, he's the cowboy character that if he runs up to you, he could stun you, shoot you six times really quick with one button click and you're dead. Yeah. That's and he was doing to- he was taking out tanks like that with yeah. a single round. So they they nerfed him out, and he's he's more balanced. He's still he's still he's still really strong, but he's like he's not really as strong. bad as he was. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely not the oh look, there's a McCree, I'm angry, and I don't know. They've done a pretty darn good job balancing. There's not any characters anymore like there was when it first launched. Where when you see that character, it's like, well, we have to build around this character yeah. and locking that character down. It's not. I mean, because originally Bastion was OP, but now it's easy to get around Bastion. I mean, it's not easy, but I mean. You can deal with a bastion. It's without. fair. Yeah, it's right. Fair. Okay. Yeah, good. Look, yeah. Looking at the list, I think we're. Uh, I think it's all pretty, pretty balanced. Okay. Well, let's move over into modes then. I've heard you both talk. I wondered what you thought was the best mode. My guess from your discussions would be payload because that's what you both have been mostly talking about. But I do know that there's also zone capture and escort. Well, the escort and payload are the same thing. Yeah. Are they okay? Um. Yeah. Per- yeah honestly, I don't think I like payload. <laughs> 
I oh, just really? I just end up like whenever I play a map for some reason I'm always in a freaking payload mode. Well, um, I think there's slightly more. The thing is, is I think there's a couple more payload maps, and several of the games are you. The first stage is zone capture, and the second stage is payload. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm definitely a fan of zone capture. I like it where you're not attacking or defending. It's both of you rushing a point and trying to hold it. Yeah. Um, like if you're on defense, you know what everyone's going to pick. If you're on attack, you know what everyone's going to pick. But when it's everyone rushing the point, you have to decide like, all right, are we going to go in guns blazing and then try to turtle up? Or are we going to go in there with some like heavy defense characters and hopefully we can take it and start putting up our defenses with like Torbjorn and Symmetra's turrets and such. Uh, it, it, it's a, it's a fun gamble for sure. Yeah. I think this, yeah, I, the zone definitely seems to be more of a, uh, active play style as in changing. I think changing your characters are more important in zone based upon what you have. If you have control of it, it's better to have some more defensive characters where if you're attacking, you definitely need a more offensive bent or more tanks. Okay. That, make, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I'm a, I'm more of a battlefield player in terms oh, yeah. of my, my shooter background and the most popular mode and my favorite mode in that is conquest, which is essentially zone capture. And the second most popular is rush where you have attack and defense, uh, different teams doing whatever. And that usually flips for the next game. So, sure. so yeah, conceptually, I would have thought zone capture is just, I've noticed a lot of instances of discussing payload were coming up. So I wasn't sure what ones you actually preferred. So you yeah, both like zone a- capture. There's a lot of payload maps, and some of the, I think some of the funnest maps are uh, uh, payload maps, or one of or uh, I can't think of the name of the map now, but it starts out uh, zone capture and tur- it's Hollywood. It starts out zone capture and then it turns into payload. It becomes yeah while you're playing it becomes while you're payload. playing it. Yeah. I I like that one, and um, several of the zone cap because and the, the when the zone captures there's. Several zone captures where there's one zone and you and you're capturing it, but there's also attack and defense ones that don't have a payload, like a Volskaya, yeah. where you have to capture a zone and then you go on and capture another zone. You just keep pushing. Yeah, there's like two just zones, keep- so you just got to push past them all, or two or three zones. Right. Okay. Well, actually, this is a great thing to move on then, because I was curious in terms of maps, like what all, what map or maps do you guys think are the best? And are there any maps that you think are bad, like bad layout, or you just don't like playing them for, for some other reason? Oh man. Uh, I like Volskaya. Yeah. Volskaya is, is, I really like Volskaya. It's got like two choke points, but there's ways around the choke points. So that's not super tight. Whenever, and, whenever I get destroyed, it's always on Temple of Anubis. That map always screws me. If I'm, I think Temple of Anubis, the final zone in Temple of Anubis is, I think it's a little too defender pro. Too, yeah, absolutely. It, because it sort of funnels people in, and then you just sort of lay waste to everybody. Yeah, I mean, because I've seen several where one or two Chornborns or a Bastion can pretty much make that unbeatable, no matter who you change to or the strategies you use, short of, I know I've gone through it a couple times where it's been like, okay, we know where the Bastion is, I will take Farah. I will jump up, and I will wail on the Bastion from above, and you guys try to get in while he kills me, and hopefully I've taken him, I can take him out or damage him enough that you guys can get in and finish him and try and hold the point. Yeah. Uh, Volskaya definitely. Oh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Yeah, Volskaya definitely. Uh, like you mentioned before, super super fun map. Moving platforms, 
Oh yeah. Uh, just the, like the great thing about the moving platforms, plant some turrets on top of that thing. Now you have like these roving guns that just start taking people out as they're cruising around the map. Oh yeah. I love Volskaya. I think Volskaya might be my favorite. Yep. I, I, you know, looking through these, like Ilios is fun. Uh, Li Zhang Tower is okay. I like Li Zhang Tower as Lucio because there's so many options to blow people off the yeah. ledges. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> uh, Nepal, Nepal uh, gets me a little butt hurt sometimes, but um, yeah, I, I think Volskaya wins. Nepal, my big issue with Nepal was it, it, until I found all of the flanking spots, it was my least favorite. Well, it's because you're like, once you get inside of that building, you're just. You're fodder. You're just in the middle waiting yeah. to get shot in the head. <laughs> but one, I mean, it's got it's got its moments, and it, some of its flanking stuff helps out a little. But it's still probably, if not my least favorite, it's one of my least favorite. Yeah. Have you played the new map yet on the PTR? No, I have the, not. The, uh, the castle that's sort of like an homage to uh, Dark Dark Souls. Yeah, it's kind of the. It, it, it's going to be kind of the German, the big super German themey thing. Yeah. And, is that supposed to be like Reinhardt's place or something like that? Uh, it's one of the cities where they have the Crusaders like Reinhardt were uh, based and stuff is from what I've seen. I've only seen a couple pictures of it. I haven't, yeah. I I watched, haven't played on the PTR. I watched a lot of PTR uh, play of that map, and it looks pretty cool. Um, I the, the reason I love Blizzard is they when they make stuff, it's damn near perfect. And they love to keep adding things. So, you know, the characters we have now, I'd say in a year, we're going to have like at least six more. I know there's at least, I mean, because isn't uh, Sombra, they're, they're dropping hints about Sombra. Sombra, uh, Doomfist, which was like, uh, an, if you watch the very first cinematic that ever came out about this game before the game even came out, it was a bunch of people trying to steal Doomfist's fist from a, a museum. And yeah. um, he is been talked about as a character that's going to be in it as well. So that would be dope. There's there's just like so much lore in this game and they've dropped so many little little tidbits here and there that there could be another 30 people in this damn game. <laughs> yeah, easily. Easily. Yeah. And as long as they keep them balanced, it'll be fine. Yep. And maybe we'll stop seeing, you know, five Genjis and three Hanzos. Now, I think isn't it in like the competitive and ranked play, are you not allowed to have duplicate characters? You're not allowed to have more than two. More than two, okay. Yeah, it's in, unless they're going unless they've changed that. When it first launched in competitive play, you couldn't have more than two characters. Right on, because like uh, full tracer teams were just murdering everybody. Yeah, <laughs> that's a hard one to deal with. Yeah, a, a full tracer team. Yeah. I mean, uh, for you I, folks that don't know, tracer is a character that can essentially teleport around the map faster than even your human brain can comprehend. And uh, even when you think you got her pinned down, she can just rewind time and vanish in front of you. Yeah, it's it's horribly annoying. She she's she's the cheers love the cavalry's here. Yeah, cheers love the cavalry's here. Yeah, from that all the time. time. Yeah, and she's kind of become like I think her and Winston are kind of like the face of Overwatch. Overwatch. Is how they've laid it out. Yeah, totally. You know, Winston. Winston could. I think Winston. Could use a little buffing. Yeah, he could use some work. I mean, I, I don't see anyone really play him. Actually, I don't I, think I'd say in the last like twenty games of Overwatch I've played, Winston hasn't been uh, on any team, both opposing or on my side. I play him on a couple of occasions. 
but it's always for specific reasons. I think Winston is the perfect Sumetra counter. Yeah, because his lightning will just clear out all those turrets. Right. And it's his lightning has the same range as those turrets. So yeah. you just hold the button down and it just auto clears the turrets. Yep. And I've used him on occasion for, um, there's a couple, ma- I can't remember the name of the map. It's, uh, uh, one of the Ilios maps, uh, one or two Winston's actually do pretty good at the zone Yeah, because you can pretty much hold the shields. The Lijiang Tower map, uh, the one where it's like that tiny, tight, circular room. If you oh, get yeah. you get a Winston in there, that bubble almost covers like the entire freaking point, uh, and can hold all your folks in there. Works out really well. Yeah, but for the most part, no. Winston is not a heavy played character. I'd yeah. say he's probably. I'd say at this point, he's the character I see played the least often, for sure. Yeah, I would love to be able to see those analytics for these characters. Yeah, it would be nice. I mean, it's a. Uh, I mean, I know they have it. I know they track it because I mean, I before I did, I went and looked up my analytics analytics for my uh, analytics for my characters because I'm setting at let's see, total play time of fifty four hours, sixteen hours junk rat because you know <laughs> I just like to. Yeah, it's junk rat. <clears throat> I like spamming explosives everywhere. Uh, Twelve hours Lucio, eleven hours Farah. Uh, Bastion, Roadhog, Soldier, and Reinhardt are all at two, and everybody else is under an hour. Yeah, I, I, I have a horribly imbalanced uh, number of Symmetra plays versus anyone else. <laughs> well, I actually, when I, when the game first came out, I played Lucio exclusively for like the first month I played. I think that's what I did too. Is like in my mind, I'm like, you pick a character, you get good with it, and that's your character. And it wasn't until you know, maybe a month or two ago that I really learned to change up who I was playing based on what was happening at that moment. Yeah. And see, and I really liked Lucio and in the early game, when the game first came out, nobody played any, nobody ever played healers. Right. Oh God. So Cause why would you, Lucio. there was no reason to. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's an FPS. I'm just going to shoot people. <laughs> right. So I played, I mean, because of my 12 hours of Lucio play, I bet you, I think I got eight of them in the first in the first, you know, month the game was out. <laughs> nice. He's he still, I still go to him constantly. He's my preferred choice for a lot of game, a lot of game modes, but I've been trying to vary it up more. That's why Bastion and Roadhog are getting up there and Soldier 70, Soldier 76 is amazingly fun. He's, he's the great starter character. If you're used to playing Battlefield and stuff, it's like play this just to get an idea of what the game's like, because right. you'll be used to this style of play. Okay. And, I- I've, and I'll Reinhardt. try and start with that one. Yeah, yeah, I would. That'd be the perfect start. And Reinhardt, I'm getting, I'm playing a lot of Reinhardt lately because I like the whole defensey, hold the shield, protect your team. But then when things get tight, you can really tear stuff up. And a nano boosted Reinhardt is amazing. Yeah, all the damage. I mean, <laughs> I got, I, I had a Reinhardt the other day that I got play the game because I got nano boosted. I used his ultimate, which stunned four people in front of me, and then I just walked up and basically slaughtered the majority of their team. Jeez. It was amazing. 
I think we've done a very thorough overview of Overwatch, and yeah. I know Tony loves Overwatch, and I have totally failed him because I haven't been playing it. So I yeah, I'm always willing to talk about Overwatch. I'm willing yeah. to play it constantly. Yeah, so it was good. It was really good. So thanks, Jack, because Tony really needed someone to host with us who actually knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Because well, I don't. I'll tell you, you won't be disappointed playing it on the uh, on the council because it, it, it plays exactly the same. It's just I prefer to aim and shoot with a mouse. Awesome. Well, I'm hoping I'll I'll probably be able to get it by early October. So. I'm, I'm working on some other stuff right now, but it is, it is on, it's now on the short list because Excellent. you guys have, have talked it up way too much and you're making me blow all my money that I should be saving for pinball machines. Too hype. So you should feel guilty, at least to an extent. <laughs> uh, donate a pinball machine to the Collected Games podcast. Yeah. Hey, an Overwatch themed <laughs> pinball machine. Let's go. Oh, think there's a, hmm, man. I think, I think Blizzard needs to get on the pinball train hype for any IP that they have. I don't care what it is, it would slay. 100%. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. I mean, between Warcraft and you know, like Diablo. Oh, a Diablo machine. Diablo. Yeah, oh baby. yeah. Oh yeah. Just imagine you'd be going for all that loot. You'd be dungeon crawling your way through ramps. Uh, it's like choose, Subway. choose your class. All right, yeah. the barbarian. Choose your class. <laughs> Have one of the up. flippers made to look like Wurt's leg. Oh my god. <laughs> Inside uh, jokes abound. Oh, uh, butcher, butcher, multi ball. <laughs> Okay, well, let's go to the third and final segment, which is Tabletop. And Jack, I know you're familiar with a, a game that I thought we'd go ahead and, and explore because we've never really talked about social deduction games on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, and so you play uh, One Night Werewolf, if, I, if I'm remembering correctly. So what's funny about Werewolf is, uh, so I'm, I'm a Twitch partner and I go to all these Twitch parties and my partnership guy, the dude that sort of like makes sure I stay in line and I'm not a ding dong and don't get kicked off the website. Uh, when I go to these big meetups, I always find him and he's like, Hey, we're going to go play werewolf. And the first time he mentioned this to me, it was like two in the morning. I'm like, we're going to go play werewolf. Is this like a ghost in the graveyard outside or something? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about? <laughs> and he brings me to a room and there's just a whole bunch of people sitting around a table. He pulls out this box and he starts going through all the stuff. He's passing out cards He's got an app that does all the reading for you. And I'm, I'm looking around and I'm a little hesitant and I'm like, Oh, this is nerd card game crap and had maybe the most fun I've ever had ever at two in the morning playing a card game. Uh, werewolf is just all about arguing and it's incredible. (laughs) I've played werewolf several times and it is an amazing amount of fun as you said that, Hey, I'm not a werewolf. I, I swear to you, I'm not a werewolf. I'm just trying to be until it's not me. I'm just the normal guy. And it's great because, like, the way it's designed, if you, when you saw your card and you knew you were a werewolf, and then everyone goes to sleep, you can only assume that you're still a werewolf because there's cards in the deck that trade people's cards around. There's cards in the deck that are people that are pretending to be werewolves because they want to get killed to screw everyone else at the table. There's a, it, it, it's just such a smart freaking game. And I, I only get to play it at these conventions because none of my friends want to play because they had the same attitude I did. It's like, why the hell would I want to sit and play this stupid car game with you? But it's, it's like, trust me, you buy this deck, play this thing. It is phenomenal. Now you both have been you've played I guess the original One Night Werewolf, right? Where there's like a there's a moderator and 
Well, the original uh, werewolf game, yeah. Uh, okay, werewolf. It's like a t- I, when I, I was trying to do werewolves, a minion, Mason's villagers, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah, nothing too crazy. As I was trying to do background on it, and the first thing I actually ran across was something called One Night Ultimate Werewolf, which mm. I I guess is it's 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 based on this, uh, but it's about it takes about five to ten minutes per game to play. Right. Like it's capped at 10, but most games resolve around five or five to seven, I guess. And it doesn't use a moderator or anything. The game's entirely structured to be self run. So there's like timers. You use an app on the phone that kind of runs the game for you. The werewolves open their eyes all at the same time during the period where everyone else's eyes are closed. And it's, I guess it's designed to be werewolf, but to flow a lot faster. I don't know. What's the average speed on werewolf? Um, I'd say, I'd say you could play a game in about. 10, 15 minutes. It, it, it depends on uh, the app, I think, has a timer on it to, like, say, all right, arguing stopped. Right, who, right. Who the hell's the werewolf? Yeah. Um, I will say one thing is, like, if you can find one, get somebody to help you run this game. The, the reason being is when there's characters that wake up and you look at each other and there's characters that have to, like, move cards around and stuff... If you're not a ding dong, you can feel people moving next to you. You could feel the table vibrating. You could feel uh-huh. like, you know, if your hands are on the table and all of a sudden you feel like a little brush of the table and stuff, you know, like, all right, the dude next to me is probably a seer because I felt him freaking move. So what I like to do is every time an, uh, a card is called, I like to pretend to like fidget with stuff to like really mess with people if we don't have a moderator. <laughs> That's devious. Yeah, yeah, every it's time. like were- werewolves look at each other and I'll just start like lightly tapping or brushing the table just (laughs) oh every time i've ever played we've used a moderator so it's always the moderator does all of that work and make sure it's nobody yeah it's almost necessary because yeah it's like stupid small stuff like that you like gives yourself away now this social deduction games are there's a there's a bunch of them out there right now like a resistance i've played resistance a fair amount it's a pretty fun game and the big one that's coming out that are and is really taken off is Secret Hitler. Yeah, my boys from Cards Against Humanity here in Chicago made that. That game is amazing. Yeah, buddy. I I mean it is I don't I don't own a copy of it. I need to get a copy of it. But that game is amazingly it just takes the social deduction game and streamlines it while you keep get to keep all the fun parts and you don't have to do nearly as much of the secret hiding eyes closed stuff. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw this was a social deduction game, that's the one that popped into my mind. Because Tony, you summarized that a few episodes ago for us. Yeah, uh, there was a yeah. I don't remember what episode it was, but yeah, some, I, don't, I, I remember talking about it. Yeah, because there was a, a there's a group on Twitch that plays it every once in a while, and they'll play with you know like eight people, uh, Secret Hitler or something like that. And I was I'd watch them play whenever they played. That might Man. actually be the uh, Cards Against Humanity Twitch stream. Uh, it might have been. Uh, I don't. I don't remember which group it was because there was a couple different ones I watched over the time. But yeah, oh, it's okay. it's a uh, yeah. That game is is a lot of fun. And I, the, my first thought when I saw it was because I'd played a lot of Werewolf and I played some Resistance. And, but it looks like a lot of fun. It's definitely. It's shortlisted for me. I like social deduction games, but the thing is, is with social deduction games, is you have to. I think they're better if you really know the people you're playing yeah. with. Yeah, because you can like if if one person is treating the game like, you know, what's this dumb nerd stuff, it sort of kills the vibe of the whole 
arguing system and the whole like playing and bouncing off of each other's stuff. The reason I really like these games is if you don't know how to play, that in itself is a way of playing. Like if you if you like this is my first time playing, I my card said I'm a werewolf. I'm not a werewolf. And people are just pointing fingers at you. You're doing your job. You're just, you're not a werewolf. (laughs) Uh, I I love the cards that are like, uh, like the Tanner. He's like a depressed, lonely guy whose only objective is he wants to get killed and everyone else loses if he gets killed. And it's just, oh God. Anyway, (laughs) the game is so freaking phenomenal. I can't, I'm sitting here looking at the cards and I'm like wishing I was playing this thing right now. Yeah, you know, I don't. Tony and I, we usually have a. We're at a monthly game night. I don't know if we've ever done a social deduction game, though. We don't because I don't own any. Oh, well, that would explain it. <laughs> <laughs> when are, you need to own one, either, I do need either, to, get, I, get I us do some werewolves or get us some uh, some Hitlers. I don't well, know. actually, I do own a copy of Werewolf, but there's not enough of us to make Werewolf worthwhile. Typically, uh, that's, sure, that's true. Because Werewolf Werewolf works better with larger groups. Like thirty, we need we need well, twenty eight well, more people. Yeah, yeah, not not necessarily that large, but twenty five. <laughs> twenty five. I I have played a twenty eight player game of Werewolf. Holy crap! How were you able to get anything done? We had two moderators, and it took forever. <laughs> it's like our, <laughs> now it's his turn to yell. Two moderators solves everything. Yeah. Holy yeah. crap. Yeah, we well, had two moderators, and it took forever. You need to uh, definitely pick up Secret Hitler or this werewolf game, grab a Logitech camera, hook it up to a tripod and stream that game. I that mean, would be awesome. See, cause I've considered doing, uh, the, there's the tabletop, uh, simulator on that, that, and the people have built modules for games like secret Hitler and everything else. So you can actually play it. And it's a simulated tabletop that everyone plays on their computer, but it's, you actually hold, move the cards and stuff using your mouse. Oh, that's awesome. Um, oh, really? Seen, huh. Yeah. That's it's a, and there's modules for all, pretty much every really big popular, uh, game out there. There's a tabletop module for it. It's called, yeah, I think it's tabletop Stim- simulator on Steam. But like when I watch people playing Secret Hitler, that's what they were doing. Because I mean, they, the people who were playing were like all over the country. Oh, nice. And they were using it in, it's a little finicky, but it works. Yeah, it's tabletop simulator. Awesome. Yeah, I just wrote that down. <laughs> I'm gonna have to uh, check that out because it 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 basically takes it and lets you do streamy stuff uh, for tabletop games when everybody's not in one place. Not so the same room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if you and your friends are all over the all over the place, you can do it. Um, there's also lots of uh, uh, different streams that I've seen playing different things using it. Cause it's kind of, it's, it's a table and you, you can even flip the table. I mean, seriously, there is a flip the table, <laughs> but like, I'm pissed flip. Yeah, exactly. So it's like a lot of people I've watched play games is like, Oh, we lost flip the table. So like <laughs> if Dennis ever played pandemic because he can't win pandemic, he'd flip the table. Probably before the game started. You know, this comes up. I don't know why you continue to promote a game that's unwinnable. It's Kobayashi (laughs) Maru. There's no – you might be able to cheat your way to victory like how you cheat at reading. But there's no – there's no There's no winning pandemic. Well, unless, you know, you're Zika, then I guess you win. (laughs) 
I've won pandemic. It's winnable. I you just you have had that. bad luck. I don't know. I don't know. Jack, stay away from pandemic. Don't gotcha. <laughs> stay away stick from with pandemic. Your, stick with your werewolves. Stick with things that can be won that you can <laughs> manipulate. <laughs> things, just, yeah, things that aren't that. just completely based on luck. Yeah, it's hey, not it's luck. A, it's just it's a well designed. I mean, it's a well pandemic is a well designed game because it actually makes you think you have a chance to win. <laughs> But you don't. Uh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the show. So uh, our thanks to Jack Danger. No, nah, thank, you for, thank uh, you for having actually, me. Actually, real quick before we go, I just realized something. I forgot the question. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Okay. Well, uh, we're not going to cut it and put it in the front. So it's just going to have to sit right it's gonna here. Have to, just, everyone's going to think they missed it until the end. So, oh, so Jack, right. I've, got my, I've got my pinball question that I like to ask everybody. Yeah, what's that? If you have... No worries about licensing, no worries about money or anything like that. You could just make any music pen you wanted. What band would be your music pen? Beastie Boys, hands down. Oh, I've never even thought of them. Yep. They have uh, a lot of iconography. Their songs are known by everybody. It'll start to leach into that sort of like hip-hop area that pinball has never touched. Um, I think it's a perfect, perfect theme. Sabotage multiball? Yeah, dude, come on. You can have like a cool police car in there. You can have a an airplane that's been crashed into the side of a mountain. Um, just uh, like a sardine can that unrolls to let the multiball out. Uh, <laughs> like you, I, dude, yes. What, Stern, get on this right now, please. That would be amazing. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about bands and they've never crossed my mind once, but that just seems so obvious. Yeah, man. man they got it. They got a lot of good stuff, man. Well, people, let's do this. It's, it's probably like, well, what, with what Jack pointed out that hip hop hasn't really been touched by pinball. So it's just not That's something true. we naturally move to with, with our minds. We've had rock. We've had, had, we've had, uh, the, the country musics, um, Actually, I think that's about it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much just country and rock. Yeah. Huh. Hip hop. All right. Excellent. That wouldn't be bad. Awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to play it. Okay, well, Jack, do you want to plug anything here before we go? Uh, Yo, just uh, check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash dead underscore flip. Uh, you can go to deadflip.com. It has all the links to all the fun stuff there for social media. And uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you online. Yep. And we will in the show notes in the links section, just check it out. We'll have a direct link to his Twitch feed and we'll also have a link so you can listen to tilt through. If you want to learn more about competitive pinball with some oh, really yeah. good pinball players. Uh, if you want to reach us here at the show, you can always email us uh, eclectic gamers podcast at gmail.com. We're also available on the web eclectic gamers.com and active on Facebook, facebook.com slash eclectic gamers podcast. Please remember to give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps others find the show. If they happen to like a diversification of games like we do. Uh, we're also available on Twitter and Instagram as eclectic underscore gamers. As always, I'm much more active with uh, keeping the Instagram updated than the Twitter's. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. You're you're more active on Instagram than Twitter. I am. I I, I, I don't know. I just cannot get myself every time I sit down on Twitter and I write something. It's like, oh, okay. Well, I went over by three hundred and seventy five characters. What am I going to do now? Be so, less wordy. Yeah, I have problems with that. Uh, then you need to get that website. It's called like IFFT or IFTT. IFFT, whatever. It's if then whatever. So I. Whatever that is, type that in. What it does is it takes your social media and puts it to other social media. So you're like, if I post an image to Instagram, also post it to Twitter. 
Oh, there's there's an interesting comment. We uh, we use that at work, a, a similar thing. Where that's actually, how I keep we, like I I have so many social media outlets. I'd lose my mind if I had to do them individually. Yeah, we have a we use one that uh, at the office where some one person does it, and so he tweets all the time. So all of his Twitter posts go onto Facebook, and they also go onto yep. LinkedIn. If so. I take a picture on Instagram, it's going to end up on Twitter and Facebook with all the captions that I put on it. Oh, I definitely need to do that because I, I do stuff on, like I said, Instagram, like when we're at tournaments or when we're playing, whenever I play a game somewhere or, or whenever we're just randomly, I'll, I take little video clips or pictures or whatever and yeah. throw it up there. Do it. See, Jack's improving our quality already. <laughs> it's getting, everything's getting better. That's right. Well, uh, I'm Dennis and I'll say goodbye, everyone. I'm Tony and Jack. Thanks for joining us. Can nah, we talk to you again? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me.